Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here with us today on this Mother's Day. We wish a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and grandmothers and aunts and all of the women in our lives and who are here in our church today. We hope this is a very special day for you and for family and for friends. Um, and so we are very glad that you have chosen to worship with us today. Clay Bryson will be coming up and uh, leading our worship this morning and beginning with a call to worship. We gather together to worship our loving, nurturing God, who, like a mother, knows us intimately, loves us unconditionally, teaches us the way we should go, and comforts us in times of need. Praise God, the source and sustainer of life.
Before we pray together this morning, I have a few prayer concerns uh, in, the, in the congregation and then uh, just a brief announcement about Graduate Sunday, which will be taking place next week, um, but a few prayer concerns in our congregation. Uh, Linda Green is recovering from back surgery, um, and she will be moved to Mount Holly this week, and so we want to continue to remember Linda and her family in our prayers. Uh, a name that many of you in the congregation may know, Carolyn Wellman, uh, is in the hospital in Gastonia. Uh, we do not know uh, much detail other than that, but we want to be in prayer for Carolyn Wellman as she is in the hospital. And then we also want to continue to remember in prayer uh, Ken Daves. Ken Daves uh, is currently at White Oak. Cheryl uh, was not, is not able to be here with us this morning, but we're grateful for June Hobbs and her willingness to uh, lead us in worship today. Uh, but we want to remember these uh, as well as others that many of you may know of and may have in your hearts this morning in prayer. Uh, we are grateful for our children who, and our sixth graders who have led us in worship this morning and will continue to do so this morning on this special day. Um, and so we thank you for your leadership in our service today. One week from today, next Sunday, we have a very meaningful and a very exciting worship service as we celebrate Graduate Sunday, we will be celebrating and recognizing our high school and college graduates. Uh, we currently have a, a pretty large list of graduates in the office that we will be recognizing next week. If you do have any more graduates that we may not know about, high school or college, uh, would you please call the church office this week uh, and as soon as you can in this week and let us know um, if you have any graduates who will uh, be participating in the worship service and then uh, for the meal which will follow the service uh, if you will let us know how many you plan to have for the meal. Uh, also we have been putting together memory books for our graduating seniors in high school. Uh, we have note cards. Uh, we are encouraging uh, members of the church family to write a special note to our seniors graduating from high school. If you have not done that and you would like to do that, uh, I have note cards. Uh, the office has note cards, and we encourage you to write a special note to our seniors and to turn that in no later than Wednesday so that we can get those uh, in those books for our seniors. We are glad once again that you are here with us today. Uh, would you join me as we pray together? Our God, you are like father and mother to us all. You offer protection, guidance, love, and nurture. Lord, we come to you this morning with needs in our church family. We pray for Linda Green and continued recovery and health. We pray for Carolyn Wellman, that you would be with doctors and nurses who are with her in the hospital. We pray for Ken and Cheryl Daves, that you would bring peace and comfort into their lives. God, you know the other concerns and the struggles and issues that weigh on our hearts this morning. We lift those up to you because we know that there is a peace that you bring that the world cannot bring us. Lord, we come today celebrating the mothers and the mother figures in our lives who have made a difference and have had such a big impact on many of us. We are grateful for their presence 
for their influence on our lives. And God, we also come today praying for those where today may be a hard day, those who maybe have lost mothers, those who cannot be mothers. Lord, we celebrate today, but we also pray for those who need comfort and peace and love on this day, which can be difficult. Lord, we are ultimately grateful for the love and the peace that you bring into our lives. We pray that you be with those who are leading in our worship this morning, that you be with the children, the directors, all of those who are speaking and singing. May we remember that everything that we do today in our worship and each day as we leave today is for your glory, to build up your kingdom. And God, may each of us seek your will and to be the people that you've called us to be, that we may love you and that we may love others above ourselves. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray this morning. Amen.
341 for the beauty of the earth 341 if you are able please stand and join and sing
Dear Lord, I want to thank you for this beautiful Sunday we have to celebrate Mother's Day. I especially want to thank you for my mother. Thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for being here when we needed you most, and thank you for this church family. In God's name we pray, amen.
Our scripture reading today comes from the book of John, chapter 17, verses 6 through 19. It's about Jesus as he prays for his disciples. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version, but if you'd like to follow along with the Pew Bible, you can find that on page 941. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those who you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the word has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. May the Lord bless the reading of his word.
pray together once again. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, what a beautiful Mother's Day you've given us. What a beautiful day you've given us to come and to worship, to pray, to sing, to ring bells, to hear your word, to preach your word, and to, Father, to allow it to enter in through our ears, but, Lord, enter into our hearts and our minds and the very essence of who we are. Father, we confess if there's anything that would hinder your spirit from working in our lives today, Father, help us to confess that to you at this time. Father, help us to be an open vessel that we may receive what you have for each of us today. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I have to confess as I begin today that I'm a little dizzy. Uh, if you're around Polly McDaniel at all, she can't always come on Sundays, but she comes a lot on Wednesdays, and this last Wednesday, we had 18 people stuffed into the Kerygma room there for our 11 a.m. midweek Bible study, and I would invite you to be a part of that if you, maybe you can't come on Wednesday nights uh, for whatever reason, but you would want to come on Wednesday mornings, you are invited. But Miss Polly McDaniel is there most Wednesdays, and many of you were rocked in the nursery here by, by Miss Polly, but I joined her today in being a little dizzy for several reasons. One is uh, my anchor's out of town. Renee and Aiden are out this morning um, spending time with her brother at the beach. And, I, and I'm here. And I'm glad to be here but, uh, because I wouldn't want to be there because I'm not feeling well. And so that's another reason. I'm, I'm dizzy because she's out of town. I'm dizzy because I, I'm not feeling well. Uh, I was out at work two days this week with a little bit of a fever. And so if I shook your hand, use the hand sanitizer on your way out this morning. And... And the other reason I'm dizzy is because I'm used to the choir being back here. And normally I, I don't always turn around. I just, you know, I kind of look over at them or back at them some. But this morning I'm looking over here, I'm looking over here, and I'm looking out here. But yet all the things that we are participating in and all the ways that many of you have led us in worship this morning, uh, we are grateful. And so thank you, Candy and, and um, Teresa and June and, and whoever else I'm missing, I apologize. But for all those that rang bells and our kids that sang and played bells, thank you so much for leading us in worship today. We concluded our series on 1 John. We had a fun time looking at different pictures of family. Many of you and maybe some of those that you know and love were in the pictures that we've mentioned in 1 John. But today we still find ourselves in a book written by John, the Gospel of John. And we'll be reading or looking at, and thank you, John, for reading uh, John 17. But I would encourage you to keep your finger placed there. And in a moment, we're going to look over to uh, John chapter 20 as well. But let me ask you something. Let me begin with a question. When you go to the store and you purchase one of those, you know, big Mother's Day packages that you want to surprise mom with, and, or maybe you order something and it comes in the mail, it's a box, and uh, you get it and it says, assembly required. Don't you love that? You got, you got, you got to love that. Assembly required. Now, how many of you are the kind that open it up? And maybe you've been there before, you've done something similar before, but you open it up and you're like, I got, I got this. And you, there's the manual. You put it over here, but you're like, I, I, I got this. Raise your hand. All right. Yes, I see those hands. Thank you for your honesty. And some of you could do it without the manual. Some of you, some of you may need it. Um, but 
we get that. And, and I think the, the companies have gotten smart. What they're doing is instead of, you know, they still have the big manual, but there's certain things that if you don't get started in the right direction with what you're doing, it's just not going to go well. And you're going to call the 800 number and they're not going to like that. And then, or they're not going to be there and not going to be open, or you're not going to have the code or something, you know, won't be right. And then you'll want to return the product, which they don't want you to do that. So they've gotten smart. What they do is they, they've started putting this paper. I noticed like with bookshelves recently or with other things that, that I've done, they'll put this one paper that if you don't read anything else, it'll say in, in, bold, in bold red letters, read this first before assembly. And so I read that. Sometimes I may not always read the manual. Like, like I said, they've gotten smart, but I always read that uh, paper that they have in the product that says, read this first. Well, as Christians, as believers, if, um, uh, when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to growing in our faith, what, one of the things that I would love to do uh, for Bible companies and publishers, and as a pastor, if I'm, I think in the future, if I give you a Bible or if a child or an adult, anyone comes to faith in Christ, what I would want to do is put on that Bible or in the front cover of that Bible, maybe a big sheet like that, like it, big in a product, it says, read the gospel of John first. In bold red letters, that's what I would like to do. Read the gospel of John first. It's good. It's okay to start with Genesis. It's okay to start with some other books. But if we want to know the essence of the Christian faith, we want to know the nuts and the bolts and the fundamentals of the Christian faith, we must start with the gospel of John. If you're here this morning and maybe you feel like you've kind of lost track and you kind of need to regroup with your faith, you need to regroup between you and God, go back to the gospel of John and just begin reading with chapter one, verse one, begin reading through the gospel of John and he will help you to center or to recenter your life on Christ. <clears throat> what I love about the writings of John is that they're all written to point people to Jesus Christ. John is not the only author in the New Testament that does this, but John very clearly tells us why he wrote what he wrote. In chapter 20, just a few over, verse 31 in John, it's kind of like, um, this is John's read this first disclaimer in his package, okay? He says, and I'll go back to verse 30, therefore many other signs have been performed in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But verse 31, these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. John's statement of purpose is as good as a bold red read this first paper for your life and for my life. Looking at our text today in John chapter 17, we have the longest and one of the most remarkable recorded prayers of Jesus in all of scripture. This is good for you and for me and it's good for us as, as we are here on Mother's Day and as we think about the things that are most important in our lives, which are our, our families, when we outside of our faith, we come back to the fact that the most important things in our life are our family. And whether you can think about your mom and dad or where you think about your children or whoever it may be, but nevertheless, we seek to honor God and to seek to be the family that he has called us to be uh, as we relate with one another in our biological family and in our church family as well. But in this prayer that Jesus prayed, this is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus in all of scripture. 
we can learn not only how to pray, but we get a glimpse into Jesus's great love for us. Here in John 17, Jesus does three things. He prays for himself in verses one through five. He prays for his disciples in verses six through 19. Let me back up. It is okay to pray for ourselves. Let me just say that. We pray, praise for himself, praise for his disciples. And the way we could think about that is to pray for the ones in our family, pray for those that we love, those closest to us, those in our, in our, in our inner circle. This is who Jesus was praying for. And then Jesus prays for all believers in verses 20 through 26. Some Bibles have headings over each of those sections of verses, and yours may very well have that heading. Jesus prays for himself, his disciples, and for all believers. As we read through John's gospel and others, we read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we know of other instances in which Jesus prayed. We're grateful for the Lord's prayer. In Luke 11, 1, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Lord, teach us to pray. They knew that something was different about Jesus and they knew that that something had to do with prayer. Jesus often, when he prayed, it would talk about in the scriptures and throughout the, the gospels of him going away and praying and being by himself. That's, that's important. It's important for you and for me. But that's not exactly what we see here in John 17. Jesus didn't go away. He wanted those close to him to hear him praying for them. Nowhere do we receive any indication here in John 17 that Jesus was trying to step away. He had just washed their feet and shared in the Passover meal with those closest to him. And now he is in this brief time between Passover meal and his arrest in the garden. Somewhere along the way, I read this week of different places where Jesus could have prayed this. He could have prayed it as he was walking. I kind of doubt that. But uh, he could have prayed it anywhere between, again, the, where he had Passover and where he was arrested in the garden. He prays for his disciples. Let me ask you this. Isn't it a blessing to be prayed for? Uh, two weeks ago, I had a church member. I was on the phone and um, she said, can I just pray for you? And I said, yes. It kind of surprised me. And I tell you what a blessing it was. I just didn't, I, I thought it was great. And I've had other people do it before. And, and, and it's also been a blessing. But two weeks ago, it was, it was just for some reason, it, it, it just really blessed me. I'm often praying for those, um, whether I visit in the home or the hospital or wherever it may be. But it's rare that it, it kind of caught me off guard. And yet Jesus here in John 17 is doing this with his disciples. I'm sure it's not the first time that he would have done this, but yet there's something special about the events surrounding the time that he prayed and the way he prayed. Um, he prayed for himself. The disciples heard that. Like I said, Jesus didn't try to go away at this point and pray as he often did. And then he prays for them. It's interesting to learn here in this long middle section, verses 6 through 19, that when he prays for his disciples, what he prays for. That's what I think is most interesting. Jesus gives us some lessons here this morning, lessons for everyone in the room of how to pray for those that we love. I want to encourage all the moms here today. Every point will not go directly to and relate to moms here today, but many of the points will. And so you just take, as, as we move forward this morning, take what the Lord may have to speak to you this morning about, about this prayer. Before I go into the points, I want to make mention of verse six. Again, this is where Jesus begins to pray for his disciples. And he says these words, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me. 
out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now we know they weren't perfect. We, we won't go into all the, the things there, but I wanna go back to this. It says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me. Name for this generation that Jesus was speaking to and for this time in the first century was not just Keith or Mark or Jimmy or David or these specific names. Your name meant your very essence of who you were, the character of who you were, the summation, if you will, of who you are, your name. Many of you have heard, you know, you need to represent the family, be, it, be a good representation of the name. You know, I've heard that before about the mechanics. You know, represent the name well. Jesus is saying to his disciples, I have manifested your name, yours with a capital Y. I have manifested the name of Jehovah God to these men. I have manifested the essence of who you are in me to them. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. We notice throughout this passage that Jesus did not pray for the disciples to be taken out of the world. Jesus never prayed for his disciples that they might find escape from the world. He prayed that they might find victory. The kind of Christianity that hides itself from the world was not a kind of Christianity that Jesus was talking about. Jesus didn't ask the Father to remove the disciples from the world. He wanted the world to observe and to be touched by them. He wanted engagement with the world and not isolation from it. We need times to step away. I said this earlier, and Jesus often, Jesus set the example for you and for me in doing that. The world has its way of drawing spiritual energy out of us sometimes. John is very clear about um, the right and wrong and light and darkness. And remember, we talked about that for the last several weeks. And the world has its way of, of pulling its energy out of us. Maybe it's our work that does that. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's uh, your school environment, uh, whether elementary, middle, high, or college. Maybe it's uh, uh, your friendships sometimes that do that. Uh, hopefully not, but what, it, there's different things in the world. You know, the, the attraction of the world sometimes can pull us away from God and we need to go by ourselves and to spend time with God. And sometimes we can do that. I would encourage you to do that every day, at least for, for, for some time. But then there are times, and I do this periodically, I'd say every season, I'll go away for a night or two. And Renee knows this, whether it's, sometimes it could be even to my dad's and checking on him while I'm just spending some extra time uh, with the Lord and some extra time in prayer. We need to do that. We need to have time daily. And then we need to have times, I believe, throughout the year where we take some extra time to really go back and to begin to center ourselves and our relationship with him. But we don't do this so that we may isolate ourselves from the world. We do this so that we can draw the energy and the strength and remind ourselves of who we belong to and whose we are so that we can go back into the world and make a difference. Jesus has not called you and I to live in isolation. And parents, as much as we want our children to be spared the rough and tumble ways of the world, let's raise them and equip them with Christ and pray for them that they may go out and that they may impact and touch the world as well. Jesus prayed for the unity of his disciples. His prayer was that they may be one just as he and his father are one. We struggle with this one, don't we? I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because there's a whole other sermon or even sermon series here based on unity. But we struggle with this one, sometimes within our own churches or within one church. And then sometimes we struggle with this with the church at large. And I just want to make a general comment about this and, and we'll move on. Um, but the cause of Christianity is harmed whenever believers or churches are in competition with one another. 
We need to rejoice when another church in town is doing well and reaching people. I want you to hear me say that clearly as your pastor. We're not in competition with any other church in this community. And I'm not going to name names this morning, but when any of these churches are doing well, we need to rejoice with that. We need to praise God that people are being reached, that people are coming to faith, that people are growing in their relationship with Christ. We're all in this together and we should rejoice in that together. The kingdom of God doesn't have time for competitive nonsense between churches. The third point, Jesus prayed that God would keep and protect his disciples from the attacks of the evil one. In verse 15, Jesus writes, I do not ask or praise, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. In this world, there is a power that is in opposition to the ways and to the will of God. I don't need to tell you guys that, you already know that. But in this world, there is a power that seeks to lead us from the ways and from the will of God. And it's a power that seeks to lure us and our children from God's ways and God's will as well. And we need to ask for God's protection over our lives and over the lives of the ones we love. Jesus was doing that here for his disciples in John 17. He knows, and we know now, what they were about to face. Jesus knew that better than they did. And Jesus says, protect them, Father. I'm not drawing them out of the world. I'm sending them into the world, but protect them and keep them as they go out and as they serve. Jesus gives us a great reminder of this in today's prayer. Believers, we have plenty of evil surrounding us in the world. Let's pray for protection, but let's also not invite this evil into our homes either. Let's be courageous in dealing with our own ways that are not of God. We can talk about the world's ways that are not of God, but let's be courageous and let's allow the Spirit to help us deal with the ways in us that are not of God. That's the first place we can start. What's the old thing I've heard about when I was young? I wanted to change the world. And then as I got older, I wanted to change um, uh, the United States and then my state and then my, co- and then my community and then my world. And then it was just my family. And then it got down as the, as the gentleman was about to die. He said, you know, if I would have just started with myself and changed me, I would have been able to change the world. And I think there's something we need, to, we need to remember about that. But let's be courageous in dealing with our own ways that are not of God. Let's not invite attacks from the world into our homes and into our lives by the things that we allow in our home. Jesus prayed for the protection of the ones he loved. And we also, as we watch the news or hear the news, we certainly, I've been doing that more and more over the last year. And I believe you would probably... Uh, have joined, you, you have joined me in that. The last point this morning that I want to make is Jesus prayed that his disciples might be sanctified in the truth. If you look at verse 17 and verse 19, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And then 19, for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. The word sanctify here in the Greek is hagios. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It means to be set apart, to be different. And it has two ideas in this word. It means to be set apart for a particular task. This could be in reference to when God calls someone, when God sets us apart for a specific task. We know of Jeremiah and his calling. Um, It says in Jeremiah 1, before I formed you in the womb, I sanctified you. I set you apart for what I am about 
to call you into for what you are about, where you are about to go. I have set you apart. I have called you for this task. And not only does it imply to being set apart from a special task, it also means to equip a person with the qualities of mind, heart, and character which are necessary for a task. Many of you have heard before, just like I have growing up, God will not call you to something that he will not equip you to do. So here in John 17, Jesus prays for the disciples to be set apart, that they may be fully equipped with what is needed to carry out the task to which they have been called. Parents, this is Mother's Day. If you are, whether you're the the mom or the dad, the wife, the husband, the parent, God right now has called you to be a faithful wife. If you're the husband, the faithful husband. If you're the parent, mom or the dad, he's called you to be that faithful mom and that faithful dad. You may feel at times that you don't have what is needed to do what you need to do, but with God's strength, you do. God has called you to a task and God will also, he's encouraged us with his scripture and reminded us that he will equip us for that task. It's not always easy. Jesus knew this as he walked with his disciples. His disciples knew this. Jesus seen, I mean, witnessed his disciples going, going astray. And yet he has these encouraging, these challenging words for them here in John 17. Church, God first calls us to be in a relationship with him when it comes to calling. He first calls us to walk with him. That's the first thing. The second thing is he calls us to a task. And then he reminds us here in John 17 that he will also, when he sanctifies us, he equips us for that task. He has also called and gifted you in a way that will help you build up and advance the kingdom of God. Not only has he called you to be in relationship with him, but he has called you to a specific task. Dr. Cullinan has been great about helping us understand our gifts and how the scripture reminds us when God calls us that he has given us a special gift, a special talent, if you will, that um, if we don't do the things that he's called us to do and gifted us to do, those things might not get done within the body of Christ, not only this body of Boiling Springs, but in the greater work of the kingdom. God has called each of, each of us to a, a specific task and given us gifts and abilities to fulfill that task. Here in John 17, Jesus prayed for himself. He prayed for his disciples and he prayed for all believers. And again, all indications tell us that he prayed this prayer in earshot, if not in the very presence of all the disciples. Parents, we need times of prayer where we um, go away, um, not only on a, like I said, on a daily basis, to spend time with the Lord, but we also need to have times where we are praying over our children. Some of you do that, I know that, is in the mornings, you've told me that. Before your kids go off to school, you have a prayer with them in the car, or as they're getting out, you're you're praying for them. Um, I do that at night with Aiden before he goes to bed. We, we We have a time of prayer together. You know, our children need to hear us praying for them, praying prayers of protection, praying that God would keep them and protect them and watch over them and reminding them that he does. Our children need to hear us praying over them that God has called them to a task, that God has a plan and a purpose for their life, that God loves them and that God wants to do great things through them. Can you imagine a parent praying that with your child every night? I think over a, a, 
you know, for, for a time, I mean, as they, as they move forward in life, I, I don't know about you, but I think they're going to believe that. And I think they're going to begin to trust that God really does, and he does. As we read scripture and as I have walked with Christ myself, uh, I have heard that as a young boy, and I can see it evidenced in my life with each passing year, that God does love me, that he does have a plan and a purpose for my life. And it gives me a sense of hope, a sense of hope that the world died for me. And he also reminds me too that he hasn't, again, called me out, I mean, from the world, but he's called me to engage. He's called me to walk into the world and be in relationship with him and with others. I want to close by just going back and reading a passage of scripture that's familiar to, to many of you. You know John three sixteen, but I want to go back to John three fourteen and read back through 16, he says, as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, this is Jesus speaking, even so must the son of man be lifted up so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. Remember John's purpose, read this first, his whole purpose for for writing what he wrote in John was so that we may have eternal life. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Maybe two kinds of people here today, um, some that have never put their faith and trust in Christ and I would encourage you to, to do that, challenge you, urge you to do that today. I'd love to talk with you about that, whether it's during the invitation or immediately following the service, would love to do that. For others here today, you've put your faith and trust a long time ago. But I go back to the words that I think it was Hayden maybe that read them from John um, chapter 15, I believe it was, about abiding in Christ. For apart from me, you can do nothing. In order for us to fulfill the task that God has called us to, that he has equipped us for, we must also abide in Christ, remain in him, and he has told us that he will remain in us. Are you abiding in Christ this morning? Do you hear the words or do you feel the presence of Jesus, not only as he prayed for his disciples, that he's praying for you as well in the sense that protect my church, guard my church, call out my church, remind them that I have equipped them and I have called them for the purpose and the task for this generation. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this day. I thank you for every family here, every person here, from the youngest child to the oldest one, Lord, for the moms, the dads. Lord, we thank you for your word, the songs, the prayers, everything that has taken place this morning. God, we're grateful that when we open up your word, when we study it, when we um, allow your spirit to speak to us, Lord, it's not just like words from another book. It's not just words from uh, something that we may think of in relationship to school, but Father, these are words that have life and have power. Lord, not only... um, uh, Lord, they have, they have authority to, to change things in us. And Lord, and we know from uh, testimony here this morning that your word has done that in us. Father, we're grateful for your spirit that resides in each of us, that as we read your word, it speaks to us. Uh, Lord, it convicts us of sin. And uh, Lord, how things need, begin to maybe need to move in a different direction. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today that uh, maybe they, they haven't... Um, entered into a relationship with you, Lord. I pray that they would not waste another minute, that they would not go another minute, Lord, without a relationship with you. Father, may they commit their lives totally and freely to you today. Lord, if there are others in this place that have just simply uh, gotten off track today, 
Lord, I pray that something in, in, in uh, the words of Scripture or the words that have been preached today, Lord, would uh, lead them into a closer walk with you. I pray your spirit, Father, would lead them into that closer walk with you. God, do a work in us. Teach us more about how to abide in you each and every day so that, Father, we can fulfill the calling that you have already told us that you've equipped us for. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit in our lives. We thank you for your spirit in this place today. And Lord, we ask for your uh, freedom to move and to work in each of us as we stand and as we sing together. If you'll join me in standing, we're going to be singing hymn number 687, Would You Bless Our Homes and Families. I invite you to, to come as the Lord leads. If you would like to talk with me about church membership, would love to do that as well. Uh, don't let the bells hinder you. If you desire to come, uh, you come. You can work your way around those. Let's stand and sing together.
with you today, I want to ask you something I often ask you, but it's find two or three people that you haven't spoken to and uh, tell them you're glad to see them. And uh, if, you, if those happen to be mothers, then that would probably be better. So um, you can wish them a happy Mother's Day. Let me also say that next Sunday morning, uh, two of our own will be headed to um, the airport in Atlanta. Is that right? And then headed to Paris and headed ultimately to Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, next Sunday morning, and those two are Jeremiah Hamby and Mariah Case. They'll be joined by one other Gardner-Webb student, along with others, total of 11, I think I did my math right, uh, for 11 students that are going to uh, Kenya. They'll be there two weeks, two and a half weeks. And so many of you are aware that this was taking place. Some of you may have even given uh, some money or, or expressed your uh, prayers and concern for them as they do this. So uh, be in prayer for Jeremiah and Mariah, and we will be in prayer for you as a church family. So please know that uh, our thoughts and love go with you. Let's close in a word of prayer today. God, we thank you for this day. We th we're just um, grateful for your presence in our lives. We're thankful for the ways that you work and move in us and through us. We're grateful for the families that you have given us. And Father, help us to be faithful, not only to our families, but to all those whom we love. Lord, we love you and help us ultimately to be faithful to you. Thank you for these encouraging words today from John 17. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.